we have been talking about the simplicity, getting back to the simple. And I believe that God is calling us back to just go back to simple. We have talked about how simple it is. It's, it's about Jesus. We get so focused on so many things, it's, it's just about him. It's about his word. Getting back to the truth of his word, not, not all the other stuff. Let's just get back to his word. We've talked about communing, communing with him through prayer and having that communication with God on a regular basis. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how big our God is. Even though we talk about him in a lot of different names and a lot of different ways, he's still God. And he's all-powerful and almighty. Whether we call him God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, whether we call him Christ or we call him Savior or whatever the term we want to use, he's still God. And so today, we go back to the simplicity of it all. And we're going to go talk about a topic that, that is called generosity. Why do we do what we do? That's really how I approach this sermon, this service, these things that we're doing. Why do we do the things that we do? Even in our services, why do we do? Why do we take offerings? Why do we continually have collection of things for different activities? Why do we do the things that we do? Because God wants us to have a spirit of generosity. God wants us to have a spirit of generosity. I was studying this idea... And I came across a teaching that I will probably pass on to you through a, a link in an email. It has, it has just grabbed a hold of my heart. It was on generosity. And for those of you that know Louis Giglio, he, he has done some stuff on, on great is, how great is our God. And, and, and he's done some whale things and things proving that God is who he says he is. And, and, and it's just amazing some of the stuff he's done. But now he's, he, he has this teaching on on generosity, and it's just powerful. But I want to share some of his thoughts with you as I start this morning. So don't shut your minds off, please, just because we're talking generosity and money and things. If you stop and think about it, the generosity of God, if you stop and think about who your God is, just take a minute, how big he is. We sat here this morning and we said, let's take off our shoes. This is holy ground. This God who is so holy and so mighty and so powerful. He said it to us this morning. I am strength. I am power. And he says all this to us about who he is. How absurd is it that he needs you and I? How absurd is it? This God who says he owns everything and can create anything needs my resources. How absurd that he needs my 10% every month. How absurd that he thinks that, that this God of the universe needs me. He doesn't. But he wants us to be part of his kingdom. He wants you to be involved. He doesn't ask us to be generous like him because it's something he thinks is fun to watch. He wants us to be generous because he wants us to be part of his eternal story. He invites us to be part of his eternal plan and his eternal story because of our generosity. 
How many know the name of the young boy who gave seven loaves and five fish or whatever it was? Anybody know his name? Anybody know? But we all know the story. Because God took his generosity and made him part of an eternal story. There's a lady who came to the temple and and left just everything she had. And he said it was just a mite. Do you know her name? Do you know her kids' name? Do you know anything about her past that story? No, but we all know the story. Because she was asked through her generosity to be part of an eternal story. Jesus was on his way to be crucified. And a guy named Joseph of Arimathea, that's all we know about him really, was asked for his tomb. He borrowed it. He didn't have to give it to Jesus because he wasn't going to use it very long. He just borrowed it. Joseph of Arimathea, here he is in the story of one of the greatest events in history. No, not one of the greatest event in history. The greatest thing that ever happened in the death and resurrection of our Savior. And Joseph of Arimathea was given the opportunity to be generous for Jesus to be buried in his tomb and be used in the story the eternal story of Almighty God. God wants us to be generous. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our resources. But we need to give our resources. And we need to be generous because he wants to use us in his eternal story. Because God knows that it's not about the end. It's about the journey. God knows that we have to grow and learn and see him work through us, through our generosity. He's chosen you through your generosity to impact Sioux Falls. See those things in the back back there? There's 20 missionaries that we support, ministries around the world. I get testimonies every week on Facebook and and emails saying, this is what God's doing. This is what God's doing. Muslims, people who are going to have to die literally to family and be disowned by their family are saying yes to Jesus. Because of your generosity to send our missionaries around the world. You see, generosity, God invites us to be involved in what he's doing in his eternal story. Why do we take offerings? Sometimes I think we, well, we pay the electric bill, pay the gas bill. Pay that guy to yell at us all day on Sunday. And we have a building here to take care of. That's not why we take offerings. We take offerings because we want to invest and be faithful to be part of an eternal story 
that God is writing. He's writing an eternal story. A place where Alan and Johanna could come and grow. I love your story. We're seeing it develop. That's what God says. Your investment puts this place here so they can grow, so they can come. For each of us to come and grow. Because you invest, because you give. Micah came and he got baptized and says yes to Jesus. Those stories, we're writing an eternal story with our generosity. And I'm not preaching this message because if you were at the annual business meeting last week, you heard where God has blessed us. I'm not preaching this because we have a need. I'm preaching this because I believe that we need, God is calling us to greater things. Greater generosity, greater giving, because he's got a greater story to write. And I want you to hear my heart this morning. This isn't about you writing me a check for $10,000 today. This is about you giving what God's called you to do and being generous with what you have. If all you have is a dollar, then that's all you give. God knows that you gave it all. In fact, the person who can write a check for $10,000 and the person who can only give a dollar, the person who gave a dollar probably gives more than the person who can write the check for $10,000. Why? Because they gave it all. It's easy sometimes to write a check and be generous out of our bounty. But when we got just a little bit, it's a little bit harder to give the last dollar. To give out of our that, 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 that supply that's maybe not normal for us to give away. We have other things we should do with that or want to do with that. And God says, no, I want you to be generous. It starts with a heart of generosity. Would you stand with me as we read the word of God? We're going to read two passages this morning, one out of Luke and one out of 2 Corinthians. Luke 6 32, I'm going to start at. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good for you, and what credit is that for you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will not be forgiven. You will be forgiven. <laughs> Got going there too fast. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to you to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudgingly 
grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God, take us to a new level of generosity. Teach us to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The first thing is a heart of generosity. It starts right here in our hearts. Matthew 6 says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God's calling us to have a heart like his. I love that passage in 2 Corinthians. God loves a cheerful giver. We should not come to time to give and to respond to the the call of God to give grudgingly. We shouldn't come coming with this heart that says, oh, again, I got to give. Oh, they're taking another offering. But God is calling us to be generous, and it starts in our hearts. So you want to understand generosity? Let's start with the author of generosity. Study God himself. John 3.16 says, For God has loved the world that he what? He gave. Pretty generously. He didn't give us somebody out of the tribes. He didn't just pick some guy on earth. He gave pretty generously. He gave his son. He gave it all. That's pretty generous. And we're told to imitate him. So we need to give everything. We need to give our all. It starts with our heart change. Think about God the Son. What did he give? (laughs) The Father gave his Son, but the Son gave his life. He died. He paid a price. He was punished for our transgressions, of which he had never committed any. That's generosity. He rose again because he didn't want to leave us in our sin, but he wanted to give us victory over our sin. That's generous. Then the Holy Spirit comes, God the Holy Spirit, and, and he is generous. And that he comes to live inside of us. To fill us with God himself. 
Just as our memory verse in Romans said this morning, he comes to dwell in us. He dwells in us. And he empowers us. And he teaches us. And he uses us. He is the ultimate task of God is to, the Holy Spirit, is to fill us to be givers. To be people of generosity. He's changing our hearts so we can be generous. Where is your heart set? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. I think we have to look at ourselves in our lives a little bit. Are we so focused on earth that we have totally missed out on what God has called us to do and be for the kingdom's sake? Generous, sold out for him. One of the, the core values that we have in our marriage in our family is that if we have it, it's God's to use. God, if that means that our home is open for people to live, if that means if our stuff that we have is, is, needs to be given to somebody else, and it, we don't hold on to anything on this earth tightly. What God has given us, we, are, we have made that, God, this is yours. You've given it to us. You've lent it to us. You've allowed us to have it. But if you need to use it somewhere else, and we're willing to be a vessel that you can give that away. These resources are not ours. And, and that's the, just the mentality that, I, that we have, that this isn't my stuff. This is his resources in our lives. And God, what do you want to do through me? And that's what he's calling us to do. Investing in that eternal mentality. He's looking for us to learn to be a cheerful giver. When we had three kids at home and we were in um, some pretty dire straits in some of the places that we were making and, and pastoring, and we didn't make a lot of money. Today, that has changed a little bit with, uh, with our kids not being at home, and we have goalies working, and, and so we have more resources. And there is nothing more exciting than giving. It's a joy to say yes. When, when you see somebody in need, when something comes up, and you can do something, and you can respond to the Holy Spirit and say yes. God, this isn't mine. This isn't mine. God, I want to give. I want to bless. I want to be used by you. God wants a cheerful giver. Just think for a moment. If your generosity will change eternity for somebody's life. Your generosity can take somebody off a, a trajectory that they're headed towards hell. And you can move them towards heaven because of your generosity, because of your willingness to be used of God, to respond to what the Holy Spirit says, that's more important than anything you can buy or have or hold on to in this earth. Where is our heart? Where is the treasure of our heart? So we practice generosity. The second thing we're going to talk about 
And I'm just going to hit this really fast this morning. It's simple. God calls us to tithe. That goes to the storehouse, your local church where you're fed. That's where it goes. It's a tithe. It's 10% of everything you make. It's your, it's your increase that goes to God. It's just boom. That's it. That's God's. Bible tells us in Malachi that if we're not doing that, we're robbing him. And so we want to keep giving to him. We want to keep blessing. That's just the top. That's just, and that is the minimum that he expects from us. He says that we all, when, when Malachi, it says that, that he told them that he was robbing them of their tithes and their offerings. And so God wants us to give more. Above and beyond that, when we give to missions, when we give to Mozambique, when we give to the Easter egg hunt and all these other things that we're doing to reach people and minister to people, God wants us to continually to give, to give offerings and bless and to give to his kingdom can go forth. Generosity. And then he wants us to be people of almsgiving. How can we who have so much not be faithful with what we have to bless those who have not as much? And God is calling us to give, to give more, to give to people, to bless people. I'm not saying that you have to give to every person that's begging for money. Don't take me wrong here. But I am saying you better be listening to the Holy Spirit and be allowing him to use the resources you have. Because I'll tell you what, I didn't bring my wallet in here. That was a good thing. Um, you, uh, I, can, I can hold on to what's in that wallet pretty tight. Ask my wife. I don't like to, you know, those, those dollar bills even. Don't, I don't like to part with them. But when God says it's time, when God opens the door, I'm ready and willing to say yes because I want to be generous to minister to those people that God is calling us to do and to give and to impact people. He's calling us to make a difference to be generous. We need to create in our lives this culture of generosity. Not talking about, it's not just about how much money you put on a table or put on a check. It's about the culture of generosity, of being people who are willing to make a difference for the kingdom's sake. God doesn't need our money, but we need to be givers, to be like him. Because he's a giver. And he wants to train us to be like him. And he wants us to be generous. We are called, I, I say this a lot, but when we get saved, if it was about just getting saved, we'd just go to heaven. But there's a process that God is taking us through to grow us and then use us to bring others to heaven with us. And therefore, our calling and our number one mission of being the reason we're still here and haven't gone to heaven is God has people who need to hear about Jesus, see Jesus in us. And we have to be a light to them. And they need to see a generous people. Because God was so generous with us. How can we not be generous with others? And then the cycle kind of repeats itself. The Bible tells us that we read in our, our passage, it's pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Every passage 
that we read today, and, and, and probably some I'm going to skip, have all these verses about the return of what you get back. Malachi says your barns will be so full you won't know what to do with it all. Why? Not so you can sit back and go, <laughs> look at my barns, they're full. Yeah, look at all these blessings that God has given me. No, it's so you can be a conduit and let it flow. The more you give, the more he gives back to you, so the more you can give. The more he gives back to you, the more you can give. And it just is a cycle of generosity that grows in your life. As you give to God, and you give and give and give, and God then gives more to you, and you give more away. Generosity begins to change the cycle of your life. I have believe so strongly. I was raised in a, in a family that my dad tithed and my dad taught us to tithe. The first time we got anything, we got an allowance and we had to tithe on it. If we got, I think the first allowance I got was $3. And literally we could only spend two of it. We had to give a dollar to the church. You know, we had BGMC and we had tithe and whatever else he made us give it to. And we learned early on that we had to give to God. That principle has invaded my life to the maximum. And to this day, I have never been in need because God has taken care of it. I said earlier, we were in some pretty dire straits at times, but never have we ever had a bill paid late. God has been faithful. And here we are several years later, and God has blessed us to a point where we get to give more away than we've ever given away. But the first thing we always do is we give our check, our tithes, our offerings. We've pledged to missions. We constantly, continually gave. We had guest speakers in. We always gave. We gave, we gave, we gave, we gave. It was just a part of our life. To this day, I watch my three children become generous, generous with their gifts. They are givers. Generosity is caught and it's multiplied because our kids have seen God's faithfulness. They want it. God is so faithful. I don't preach this message this morning because we need money in Calvary. I preach this message because you need to know how God's generosity works. He takes care of you. And I, this is something I've experienced. I've watched it. We've watched it play out. We've seen God take care of vehicles. We've seen God take care of, of, of health. We've seen God do things. When we didn't have any money, God takes care of his people. And we were faithful with our tithes and our offerings. And I'm telling you this morning, if you are faithful to be generous to get involved in God's kingdom, I think one of the most beautiful things of heaven is we're going to sit down and God's going to begin to just open our eyes just a, a little bit. And we're going to start to see the stories because you gave, because of your generosity, because of what you did. This person's in the kingdom. They may not know your name, just like we don't know the name of the little boy who gave his food or the lady who gave her might. They may not know your name, but their life, their eternity was changed because God wants to use you in writing his story of eternity for others. Does he need us? No. He's God. He, he's, he's so big and mighty and powerful. 
but we need him to work through us. And we need to learn to be generous. He's calling us to be generous. And I want you to take a moment, and I want you to, to hear me this morning. The beauty of generosity is not in how much money you give, not in, 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 in even the giving part. The generosity and the beauty of generosity comes in experiencing the generosity of our Savior. Why can I preach on generosity and giving? Because I've experienced the generosity of a Savior who washed my sins away, who took all of my sin and said, I'm not letting you go to hell, but I'm taking you to heaven and I'm writing your name in the Lamb's book of life. Look at him today and see his generosity for you. This is holy ground. Not because you're here, not because I'm here, but because the Lord, all oh God Almighty, is in this place. And he has written and is writing an eternal story that we get to be a part of. What are you doing with the resources that God has given you? Money, things, talents, all these things that you have, what is God using you? What are you doing with those talents and those resources? When you turn your eyes upon him, I can guarantee you, you'll turn around and say, I don't, these resources are his to use. Would you stand with us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you close your eyes for a moment? Maybe you're here in this place and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ or you're watching online and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to give that opportunity this morning because the most generous thing that I can give you is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It will change your eternity. If that's you this morning and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you today. If you're online, please email us at sfcalvary at gmail.com so we can connect with you this week. Now I want you just to close your eyes. And God, just begin to work on our hearts. God, would you let us stop looking at what we have or don't have in resources and let us start to look at what we have in you. God, you've given so much. You've given so much. I hope this song, as we close with this today, just really impacts your heart the way it did mine when we, as I listen to this song Thank you, Jesus. I'm forgiven. 
Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned, and I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned, I'm alive and your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again.
Jesus, you are so generous. What amazing love that you love us, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are our King. You are our God. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you leave this place today, turn your eyes to the generosity of your Savior and imitate him. Father, may we represent you well and honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.